Good morning. Good morning and welcome to all our guests and visitors and the radio listeners this morning. We have just a few announcements before we start our service. The white roses on the altar today are in honor of Stanley and June Nolte, who are receiving the sacrament of holy baptism. <clears throat> the gifting tree is in the Heritage Room and benefits our Daily Bread Community Center in Lima. And this Tuesday is the Christmas Eve candlelight service. Please invite your friends and neighbors. At 7 p.m., there's a Christmas musical, followed by Christmas Eve candlelight service at 7.30. And I would invite everyone who's able to stand to stand and join me in the call to worship this morning. This comes from Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to cry for your mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen waiting for the morning. More than watchmen waiting for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel for all their sins. And we will continue to stand and sing our first hymn, number 125, Joy to the World.
be seated. At this time, we'll invite Annette and Dean Haverkamp up for the lighting of the Advent candle. First reading, as we gather around the Advent wreath today, we rejoice that Christmas is a time of prayer and of open hearts when we sing songs of joy. Christmas is a time of worship, the moment when the busy of us pause in wonder. Christmas happens when God comes to us in love through Jesus Christ and fills us with love for all people. Our first scripture is John 3:16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into the world. With the coming of this light, there is love. Such great love helps us to love God and one another. Our second scripture is John 13:34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let us pray. O oh God, we thank you that Jesus showed your love for every person, babies and children, old people and young, sick people and those who were strong, rich people and those who were poor. Come to us in this Advent season and give us love in our hearts for all people. Amen. This time I'd like to invite forward Craig and Lauren Nolte, as well as their children, Stanley and June, for baptism. probably no better time of year to celebrate baptism than at the Sunday before Christmas. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's also a time for us to celebrate the gift of life, which is, of course, a gift from the Lord himself. And so uh, it's a joy to be able to do that and celebrate that this morning. Here are these words of Jesus, an invitation, a promise to all of us from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In obedience to this command, the church baptizes believers and their children. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter stood up to give the first sermon, he told the crowd this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So Craig and Lauren, having heard God's gracious promises to us in Christ, do you desire that Stanley and June be baptized this morning? We do. We do. Praise God. Now I'm going to... At this time, ask the two of you a series of questions about the faith that you have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Obviously, Stanley and June are a little too young to make any sort of profession of faith themselves. And so uh, what we do here as, as we baptize children, as we hear from their parents as a commitment of their faith, uh, and that's that faith that they will are committing this day to pass on to their children. So I ask the two of you, do you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? 
Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? Do you intend to be Christ's faithful disciples, trusting his promises, obeying his word, honoring his church, and showing his love as long as you live? And will you devote yourself to the church's teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers? Praise God. And as a, as a statement of faith, uh, as a body of believers, let's take a moment and recite the Apostles' Creed together. The words are printed in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. And he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray together. We thank you, O God, for the gift of life. We thank you for this family and for these children being baptized today. You, Lord, are the author of life and the giver of every good and perfect gift. Through the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you have made it possible for us to be accepted into your family. I pray that you bless and sustain these children. Draw them to yourself, just as Jesus welcomed children during his ministry. May they grow to love you with all of their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and with all their strength. And we also pray for their parents that you would equip them to fulfill the promise they make this day. Bless and sustain them and as they teach their children to know and love you. All this we pray in the name of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Craig and Lauren, once again, I ask you uh, the following question. Just as with a wedding ceremony, the vows are the, the, main, uh, the main part of that service and the main commitment. Uh, so too are the vows at this baptism service. It's a vow and promise that you're making this day to raise your children to know and love the Lord. And so I encourage you to, to hear these questions and respond uh, honestly and earnestly. Do you promise to instruct Stanley and June by word and example with the help of the Christian community in the truth of God's word and in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ? Do you promise to pray for them and teach them to pray? And do you promise to nurture them within the body of believers as citizens of Christ's kingdom? We do. Praise God. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a responsibility as a church as well to come alongside this family and help them to fulfill the promise they make this day. We are a family. We're a spiritual family, brothers and sisters bound together in our common faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so uh, we have a, a commitment to come alongside and help them fulfill that promise. Uh, faith formation is primarily uh, done and, and begins in the home, uh, but we as a church can come alongside them and help them to fulfill that. Uh, those are that's done through official things like baptism, Sunday school, youth group as they get older. Um, it's done, but it's also done through those informal opportunities of praying for them and a word of encouragement here and there um, are all things that can go a long way to help them and encourage them in this commitment they're making today. And so, brothers and sisters, as we receive Stanley and June into Christ's church, I urge you to nurture and love them and to assist them to be Christ's faithful disciples. With joy and thanksgiving, we now welcome you into Christ's church, for we are all one in Christ. We promise to love, encourage, and support you, and to help you know and follow Christ.
Amen. This is my first twin baptism, so this is going to be a little different. We'll begin with Stanley, and we'll we'll go from there. Hey, buddy. Good morning. <laughs> Stanley Ryan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. June. <laughs> June Olivia, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the free gift of salvation that is made available through his death and resurrection. Thank you for the symbol of baptism, which reminds us that you wash away our sins and give us new life as we put our trust in you. We pray for Stanley and June. Bless and strengthen them daily with the gift of your Holy Spirit. Unfold to them the riches of your love. Deepen their faith and keep them from the power of evil. Enable them to live a holy and blameless life until your kingdom comes. May they grow to know, love, and serve you with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we also ask that you look with kindness on Craig and Lauren. Let them always rejoice in the gift you've given them. Grant them the presence of your Holy Spirit. And may they bring up Stanley and June to know you, love you, and serve you with all, through their, and their neighbor through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. We have some Bibles here for you. And of course, after the service, you're welcome to come take these white rows as a reminder of this day. Congratulations. Uh, with that in mind, uh, I want to this time invite all the children to come forward for children's chat. And as they're doing so, I invite you to take a moment and greet your neighbor. Good morning. Oh, huh. something's happening this week. What is it? What? Christmas? What are you doing to get ready for Christmas? Huh? Hey, I've got something present for you today. It's down there in my little basket. I'm going to help you get ready for Christmas with M&M's. you got to get that sugar primer in there, right? Huh? Since I don't have any little kids at my house, we'll just prime everybody else's child, huh? What letter is on an M&M bag? Or M. Is it, does it look like this? No. Yes? No. Yes? That, if I turn this M like this, what is it? It's a three. It's a three. Exactly. If I turn it like this, it's a dub. Oh, you guys are so smart. And if I turn it like this, an E. A friend of mine gave me this this story, so I'm going to share it with you. Let's go back to the M. The M becomes a W, an E, and then a 3. They tell a Christmas story. It's one I'm sure you know. It took place within a stable a long, long time ago where the star shone oh so bright. The M is for the manger. 
Here the baby Jesus slept that night. The three is for the wise men bearing gifts with haste. They quickly came. The E is for east where the star shone so bright. And W is for worship. An angelic choir sang praises to his name. Hallelujah. Praise his name. That's what Christmas is, isn't it? It's about Jesus' birthday. So I have a bag of M&M's down there for you. But when you eat the M&M's, they're all different colors, aren't they? Right. So when you eat a red M&M, pray that people who don't know Jesus as their Savior will accept him as their Savior this Christmas. When you eat a green M&M, pray for somebody you know who doesn't know that Jesus, that you can invite him to church with you this Christmas. Pray that they will accept your invitation to come to church with you and learn about Jesus. Yellow. Pray that Christians all around the world would shine brightly for Jesus by showing love to other people at Christmas time. Blue. Pray for anyone who may be sad at Christmas. Pray that God will comfort them. Pray that God would be with anyone who feels alone and that he would bring people into their life who would make them feel welcome. Orange. Pray that people would be generous this Christmas and give to those in need. Pray and ask God to show you how you can be generous this Christmas to help someone in need. And brown, pray and thank God for coming to earth to be our Savior. Pray that God would use you this next year to tell other people that he loves them and offers them his free gift of salvation, eternal life. So when you eat your M&Ms and you think of each of those colors, I put a copy of this in there so you can remember. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, that we remember all the love that you have for us at Christmas time, all the time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those lost in our service, in Mississippi, construction mechanic, third class, Joshua Newton, 23, from Gulfport, Mississippi. In Hawaii, machinist mate, fireman, Gabriel Antonio Romero, 22, from Texas. In Indiana, Corporal Larry Linton, Junior, 29, from Martinsville, Indiana. In Georgia, Senior Chief E.T. Submarine, Jonathan Corker, 37, from St. Mary's, Georgia. In Texas, Airman First Class Jerry Nolasco Peralta, 19, 
from Patterson, New Jersey. In South Korea, Staff Sergeant Deontay D. Allen, 27, from Kansas City, Missouri. The Naval Station, Great Lakes, Hospital Corpsman, 3rd Class, Jose Antonio Barrera, 24, from Waukegan, Illinois. Before we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, I just want to take a moment and praise God. Um, we, we don't, so often in prayer, we just go right to Him with all of our, our needs and our requests. And, and of course, the Lord desires for us to lay those things down at His feet. Uh, but He also desires that we come and, and praise Him for the good things that have happened. And I just want to take a moment and praise God for our service that we had last week, our Sunday school program that took place during the 9 a.m. service. Uh, I know many of you were here to be a part of that. Just what a wonderful service that was to see our children uh, leading us in worship through song, scripture reading, hearing a message from Pastor Tori. It was just such a blessing. And thank you all for being here and being a part of it. I know it was very different than what we usually do, uh, but it was such a blessing. And I think it was so wonderful to, to re- it's, it was a reminder, not just um, uh, a celebration not just of our Sunday school program and all the kids that, that are faithfully a part of that and the teachers that make that happen, but it's also a great reminder that children are just as much a part of our church as, as the adults are, and they have a place in the service as well through, and that was just one, one way for us to really celebrate and focus on that last week. So I just want to praise God and thank Him for, for allowing that to happen and for just everything coming together the way it did. It really was just such a blessing to be a part of. So let's, let's go to the Lord uh, together with a mind of, of praise as well as, as lifting up our concerns to him. Lord God, you are, uh, you are a wonderful God. And Lord, it is often through the, the praise of children that, that your name is made, made holy and, and, and you are given glory. And so, Lord, thank you in particular last week that we got to participate in that way in our church service. Thank you for the the, the children and the teachers and the helpers that made it all possible, Lord. And thank you that for the reminder for us that got to sit and enjoy it, that, that you are a uh, God of all people, children included. And, and it was such a joy to be able to worship uh, being led by children and, and alongside um, their voices. So thank you, Lord, for that reminder, especially this time of year as we, as we turn our attention to Christmas and, and focus on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that gift and that reminder. Lord, as Christmas uh, rolls around here in just a few days, we, we pray, Lord, that, that we would all be able to truly focus in and celebrate on the joy and the hope and the peace and the love of, of Christ this time of year. Lord, for many, this is a first holiday without a loved one. Uh, and so we pray, Lord, that they would be able to experience those things in a real and, and a particular way this time of year. And for all those that are going to be gathering with family and friends to celebrate, we pray, Lord, that that they would be able to uh, be a, a beacon of light and hope and grace in those gatherings, Lord. May, may all that we do this time of year point people back to you. May your light shine through us so that we can make a positive impact for your kingdom, even as we gather to celebrate with family and friends. Lord, we pray for those uh, names that are represented in the bulletin today and, and the problems that are represented there. Lord, you are a God who cares deeply about your people. You hear our cries. Uh, scripture over and over again reminds us that prayer is powerful and effective. And so 
We lift them up to you. We pray, Lord, that your will will be done in those situations. And Lord, we know that you hear our cries. We know that you hear our prayer because we have that ultimate answer to our prayers in the, in the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is in him and through him that we have uh, all of our yeses and amens, Lord, that are answered. All of the promises that you've made us in Scripture are fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for that. And help us, Lord, to, to find our peace, a peace that passes understanding in Christ and a relationship with him. We pray all these things uh, just as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I invite those who are able to stand and join with us as we sing number 132, Angels We Have Heard on High.
Amen. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again this morning. Lord God, we thank you so much for the many ways that you've blessed us in our lives. We now ask that you would bless uh, these gifts that we lay at your altar. We ask that this offering would would go to further the work of your kingdom, Lord, and, and maintain the, uh, the church building that you have uh, entrusted to us, Lord. Uh, we thank you for providing for us in so many different ways, Lord. And we ask now that, that you would bless this offering as we collect it this morning. May we worship you not just with our voices, not just through our prayers, but also, Lord, by being good stewards of these resources. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward at this time.
The scripture reading this morning is from Romans 1, verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again. Father God, we thank you so much that we can gather here this morning uh, to celebrate um, our common faith in you and celebrate what you've done for us. Uh, This time of year, we rejoice in the gift of salvation through our Lord and and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as as we talk about this morning, the love that you have for us, may we, Lord, allow it to impact the way we think and the way we live in the way we act. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So we focus in on the love of Christ this morning on this Sunday uh, before Christmas. Uh, the passage that you just heard read for us is probably not the one that you would have gone to right away thinking about the love of God. There are so many passages in Scripture that focus in on God's love for us. For example, we could have uh, focused in on John three sixteen and 17, which you heard read earlier in the service here. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Really, that's the core of what God's love is all about, is is what God has done for us through Christ. See, God's love was made known to us. It was made real, not just through words and and empty promises, but through the the action, the, the coming of Christ into this world. First as an infant as we celebrate at Christmas, but eventually growing and, and living and, and ministering and teaching all about the Lord, uh, teaching all about God and, and the kingdom of God and what he's done for us, and then laying down his life so that we may live. You see, that's what love is truly about. It's about, it's about the, the actions, the attitude of God towards us in Christ. And it's important here to notice, as we look at John 3, right, the the motivation, the reason Christ came into this world, the reason we celebrate Christmas is because God loved us so much. See, God's love is the motivation. God's love is what drove him to, to send his son into this world in order to save us and to redeem us. We're all sinners in need of a savior, right? We all would have been lost without God stepping into human history and doing something about it. And we see it's God's love that ultimately motivated him to send Jesus. And it's God's love that, that comes to us first. It's not something we could do to earn it. It's not something that we did to somehow uh, deserve God's gracious attitude towards us. Instead, it's, it's God's love, his motivation being the, the initiator. He loved us first. We see that in passages like 1 John 4, verses 10 and verse 19. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love because he first loved us. 
And in Romans 5 eight, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Scripture paints a very, very complete, very full picture of what God's love is all about. It's, it's God's love that motivated Jesus to come and to, to die for us. And it's God's love that ultimately redeems us from our sins. God's love is on full display that while we were still sinners, while we were still separated from God, he laid down his life for us. And it's, what's, and it's God's love that establishes us, that, that calls us to be a holy people. And this brings us again back to our passage from Romans 1. Again, we could have painted a pretty full, pretty complete picture about God's love by looking at those verses that, we've heard, that I just uh, read for you. But there's something here in this Romans 1 passage that I don't want us to miss, and it's, and it's the impact that God's love has on us. It's how God's love changes us and transforms us. Three times in this passage, Paul uses the word uh, called to describe his position and our position before the Lord. It says that um, we, Paul was called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel in verse 1. In verse 6, it says that uh, those who are, you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And in verse 7, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. See, there's a, there's a connection between God's love, his, his love on full display for us in Christ, and this calling to be his people. This connection between God's love and his choice, his initiative to save us. We see this in other passages throughout scripture as well. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul writes, we know brothers and sisters, who are loved by God, that he has chosen you. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you to be firstfruits, to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. And if that weren't enough, Colossians also makes the point clear. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, there's a, there's a very close connection between God's love for us and his establishment of us as a people for himself. We are, we are called to be holy people. And it says in verse uh, 7, the word holy people could also be translated saints. Did you know that you're a saint in Christ? You may not feel like it. You may not always act like it, right? But we are saints in Christ. We are holy people. And it's not because of who we are or what we've done, but it's because of the love that God has for us in Christ. He has called us and he has made us holy in his sight. If you are in Christ, God's love has made you holy and set you apart to serve him. And so Christmas, this Christmas time, we celebrate and we remember the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It says here, Paul spells out the gospel for us in just a few short verses. And, and the thing that he highlights as he's opening his letter to the Romans is this, this, uh, um, this spiritual truth that God, that Jesus is both fully human and fully God. You know, think about what we celebrate at Christmas. The Son of God, the eternal Son of God, who was with God in the beginning, came and took on a human form and became a baby born in the, the lowliest of circumstances. There's a pretty significant spiritual truth there. And, and Paul spells it out for us. He says that, that from, from an earthly point of view, Jesus was the son of David. 
And son of David is important. That means he is the ancestor. He is the, the royal heir to the throne of God's people. He's the fulfillment of God's covenant process, promises, fully and completely human, in order to relate to us. But he's not just some guy, some good guy who lived a good life once. He is fully human, but he's also fully God, the son of God, God himself who took on flesh, coming to rescue us. See, that's, what's the, that's the beauty of Christmas is that God lowered himself. He made himself like one of us so that he could save and redeem his people. And it had to be that way. He had to be fully human in order to fully relate to us in our condition. We are all, as humans and, and as God's creation, we've been affected and essentially broken by sin. Sin entered the world and has, has, has brought us to a point where we, we couldn't save ourselves. We were separated from God. And so, so Jesus came and, and took on human flesh so that we could, he could be like us in order to relate to us and ultimately save us. But he also had to be God. Our Savior had to be fully divine, fully God, in order to pay that infinite price for our sins. None of us can, can, can make up for the, the sin in our lives on our, in our own power. We'd always fall short. That's why God himself had to pay the price for us. And notice here, Paul also makes a reference to the resurrection from the dead. See, Christmas ultimately finds its meaning, finds its purpose in Easter. Christmas is so important because God entered into human history. God took on the form of a human child, but he didn't stay a child, right? He grew. He took on, he, he, he grew and, and, and laid down his life for us. The resurrection proves that Jesus truly is the son of God and that his love for us is real and powerful. Love is demonstrated through action. And of course, there's no greater demonstration of love than the Son of God becoming fully God and fully man, laying down his life for us and rising again to conquer sin and death. That's why we are focusing on this passage this morning from Romans 1, a very maybe unconventional Christmas passage, but one that is important. Because as we see here, as God has called us to be holy, as God has called us and established us on his love to be, to be a people for himself, he calls us to be different. He calls us to be his people. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter puts it this way. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, Jesus came to transform us. I believe it's impossible for us to experience God's love and remain unchanged. It's impossible for us to know the love of Christ and yet walk away as if nothing had happened. That's why love is so important. That's why, that's why we celebrate God's love for us at Christmas time is because God entered this world, showed us his love, and, and from that point on, we are no longer the same. We are changed to be more like him. And there's three things I want to highlight for us this morning, all from verse five. Paul talking about the effect of the gospel has on us, the effect that God's love has on, on us. In verse five, it says, through him, there's three things. We've received grace and apostleship and to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And so those are the three things I want to highlight for you. The, the effect that God's love has on us is that we can, we can embrace the free gift of grace, that God's love calls us to live with a purpose, 
And finally, God's love calls us to obedience. And so first, God's love calls us to embrace the free gift of grace. The world says that we must look within ourselves to find meaning, that we must pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, that that there's no such thing as a free lunch. But the gospel tells us a different story. God's love tells us a different story. It tells us that we are broken beyond repair, that we cannot save ourselves. And at the same time, it tells us that we are more loved than we could possibly imagine and that God has saved us in Christ when we could not save ourselves. That's, that's the gospel. That's what grace is all about. Romans 3:22 through 26 says it all. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented himself as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. In other words, Paul is saying that, that we're all in the same boat. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. None of us are perfect. None of us can stand before God and say, I've been perfect. I've been perfectly obedient. All of us will stand before God one day and realize that we have fallen short of his glory. But in Christ, through the, through the righteousness that comes by faith, we can, we can know and, and experience God's righteousness for ourselves because Christ died for us. He was an atonement for our sin so that God may be just and the one who also justifies us in Christ. See, salvation is a free gift of God through Jesus Christ. And a gift is only good if you receive it for yourself. Just a few days, we're going to gather in, the, in our, all of our living rooms, right? Or wherever you are planning on celebrating Christmas this year. And we're going to exchange gifts. It's a part of, you know, how we celebrate Christmas. And, and the reason we do so is because it, gifts that we give each other are all meant to remind us of the free gift that God has given us in Christ. But think about that gift that, that you receive. If I give a gift to my children, if, if I give something to Josephine and I wrap it up and I place it under the tree, it's not going to do her any good to just leave it there. Imagine waking up on Christmas morning and seeing all the presents under the tree and gathering around as a family and just looking at them and admiring them and think, wow, look how wonderful those presents look. But then doing nothing about it. Imagine just packing them back up with all the other Christmas decorations and throwing them in a box and and leaving them there for next year. Does that present, does that gift do you any good? No, of course not. In order for a gift to truly belong to us, we must receive it for ourselves. We must open it up. And that's what God has done for us in Christ. He has given us the free gift of salvation. And all we need to do is receive it and open it up for ourselves. The greatest gift of all is eternal life through Jesus Christ. As the angel in Luke 2 says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You see, we did nothing to deserve it. He loved us because, because of who he is, not because of who we are or what we can do for him. Now that is good news. God also calls us to live with a purpose. Paul, the Apostle Paul here says that he had been called to apostleship. He's received grace, but he's also been called to apostleship. Paul also described himself as a slave in verse 1. He recognized that, that as long with receiving God's grace, it also meant that he was saved for a purpose, to serve God by sharing the love of Christ 
with others. The word apostle simply means to be sent out. And while we don't throw around the word apostle so much these days, the same principle applies, that, that we have been saved for a purpose, to love God and to love others and to make disciples of all nations. And so if we have truly experienced God's love, it's going to change us from the inside out. Not only are we new creations, but we, can get, we have the privilege, we have the responsibility to now share that love and share that grace with others. In a couple of days, we're going to gather as a church for the Christmas Eve service, and we're going to end our service by, by lighting candles and turning on the lights as a symbol of, of the light of God that has come into this world. But it's also a reminder that, that through Christ, we are lights meant to shine the love of God in a dark and broken world. In Matthew 5, Jesus tells us, we, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. They may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, we've been saved for a purpose. We've been called because of that grace we have in Christ to to love God, but also love others. Later on in his letter to the Romans, Paul reminds us that, that love is the fulfillment of the law. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to your neighbor. Therefore, love is that fulfillment. And so we are called to not only love God in response to his grace, but also to share that love with others. And finally, God calls us also to obedience. Notice here, it talks about in the NIV, it says, uh, in most translations, it says the obedience of faith. And I think the NIV does a good job of capturing the, the meaning of that. It says the obedience that comes from faith. You see, faith comes first. It's our trust in the Lord that, that, that establishes our place in God's family. God has, has saved us through Christ. Our response is to receive that grace by faith. And then obedience comes as a result of that. Faith comes first. Obedience is the response to God's grace and love, not the cause of it. But yet obedience matters, doesn't it? Obedience truly does matter because it's evidence, it's the fruit that, that God's love has truly changed us from the inside out. As Pastor Timothy Keller said, and I've shared with you before, but it bears repeating, God loves you and accepts you just the way you are, but he also loves you enough not to leave you that way. Right? God's love changes us from the inside out so that each day as we grow closer to him, we may reflect his glory more each and every day. So we are no longer slaves to sin, but as Paul says in Romans 6, we are now slaves to righteousness. We're all made to serve someone. We're all made to worship something. It's something that God has ingrained in our very DNA. The question, though, is who are you going to serve? Who are you going to worship? Are you going to worship yourself and your own sense of right and wrong? Or are you going to submit yourselves to the God who created you, the God who loved you enough to send Jesus Christ to, to die for you, and love you with that great and eternal kind of love. That's truly the question. And truly, obedience truly does bring freedom. Freedom to live as God has created us to live. We live in a world and a society that thinks that rules and any sort of, any sort of uh, 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 rules or regulations um, is a limit on, on who we are or who we could be. But, but God has given us his law. He has shown us how to live, not as a way to, to kill our joy or to stifle us, but as to truly show us who we were meant to be. Laws, truly obedience to Christ and his law does bring freedom. 
brings freedom to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It gives us freedom to love our neighbor as ourselves in a way that we couldn't possibly do on our own. Once again, Tim Keller reminds us that that rules and regulations and limits does bring freedom. Tell a fish that he doesn't need water to survive and he's not going to make it too long, right? Bring a fish out of its natural habitat, out of, out of what it was meant and created for, and it's not going to make it. A fish needs water to thrive and survive. The same way we were called to know God, to love him, to experience his love and to pass it on to others. And if we try to live apart from that, we're not truly living as we were meant to be. True freedom comes from knowing Christ, from experiencing his love and living in response to that. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you that you have made us new in Christ, that you have shown us your love and that we can, uh, we can respond to that by receiving your grace, by, by living with a purpose, and by uh, living in obedience to your word. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and in closing sing the first verse of number 151, Good Christian Men Rejoice. Once again, we invite you to come back here on Tuesday night to celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, beginning at 7 o'clock with the musicale and 7.30 for our candlelight service. Let's celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior together. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You may go in peace.